Welcome to DealCast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. This week, we're finding out how the appetite for digital services is driving European deal activity in the technology, media and telecoms, or TMT, sector. Joining me are Amy Jo Crowley, head of TMT for Merger Market, and Charlie Taylor-Kroll, who is a senior TMT reporter. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Amy Jo. Hello. Hi, Juliana. Delighted to be here. Great. Thank you both for joining me today. So can we start off with a big picture? What kind of deal activity has the TMT sector in Europe seen in the first half of 2021? Of course, it's been another unprecedented year in terms of deal value. 125.2 billion worth of deals were recorded across 1,800 plus transactions in the first six months, the highest uh, this decade and the 73% up from a year earlier. And I think people are saying that activity really hasn't stopped since August 2020. And people are just getting exhausted as well. Um, I was speaking with people and they've been telling me, complaining that they've been working throughout their holidays, demands from private equity firms to uh, conduct further due diligence in the early hours of the morning. And there's so much um, work to do that and also demand for junior talent that people are even hiring um, juniors with out having interviewed. There have been some stories about that in the press and we've heard about this as well. Sorry, is that banks? Is that law firms? It's more banks. It's more banks um, that have and that are doing this. That's what I've been told as well. I'm not too sure about law firms, but there have been reports that law firms have increased uh, their um, salaries from 100,000 plus as a starting salary over in the US to attract uh, new talent um, as well. That just shows how demand and valuable um, they are at this point. And we think it's just because of the unprecedented levels of M&A activity in, across TMT as a whole. Just adding to those points, obviously, as pointed out, it's been incredibly busy and, and everyone has been incredibly busy. Among Within that sort of TMT space, the, the busiest sections have certainly been those sort of digitally facing um, services, whether that's on a bottom level infrastructure with telecoms, with fiber assets, or whether that's software as a service or or those, those critical assets which have allowed us to work remotely, work in exceptional circumstances. Um, and these are the ones which have really been catching the eyes of the private equity firms um, and been at the forefront of sort of deal-making activity globally um, for the best part of the last 18 months. Great. Thank you. And so you touched on it a bit there, Charlie, with the remote working trend. But what other trends are driving this boom in activity? A lot of it is um, down to obviously the reliance or the need now of super fast internet um, as the world goes more digital um, in in many spaces, whether that's the, as I said, the the sort of internet or um, the payment segment. As things start to go remote and online, um, the assets which are most sort of digitally facing are the assets which are the hottest. So that could be anything from software as a service, um, from uh, telecoms, towers and fiber, 
uh, or or fintech assets, which I'm sure we'll touch upon upon later on. Um, as well as that, co- kind of combined by that, famously, um, there's been sort of record numbers of private equity dry powder. Um, so with that, coupling those two things in mind, these public companies which are offering the attractive services and assets are the ones that the private equities are potentially looking to to do take privates off. And we've already seen several mega deals which have taken place uh, in the first part of the year. And Amy Joe, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, just added to uh, his point on records amount of dry powder, I think private equity uh, sponsors, they're looking uh, for um, business models that are resilient subscription as a service where they see reliable recurring revenue streams on a monthly annual basis. And this has driven uh, tech valuations to record numbers. Like one of the key deals in the first half of the year in the private sector was the sale of Calypso, an asset that was acquired for well under a billion just a couple of years ago, which fetched uh, this year 3.75 billion or a record 37.5 EBITDA multiple for 2020. Um, That was a key deal and also the sale of activity as well. And we're also seeing this with consumer technology. So one of the biggest deals um, this year um, was um, on the consumer technology side was the online car platform Kazoo, which was only set up three years ago. And uh, they conducted a deal with a SPAC um, that valued it at $7 billion. And again, this is added to Charlie's point on it being a digital platform and the bet that consumers will be um, buying more cars online and and with this platform um, receiving their cars um, at their homes as opposed to buying them face to face with a car dealer. Okay, thank you. So turning our attention to some of the companies of interest in the space, starting off with Atos, which is a French IT group. As we've already mentioned, the tech sector has obviously been one of the hottest sectors for corporate activity recently. Why is Atos of interest? So Atos is a very interesting one and one uh, we actually reported on um, as being a potential take private candidate. Um, Atos is it's a sort of IT services company based in France and very kind of well regarded as sort of the crown jewels of listed tech firms in Europe. So the idea that now it's get garnishing private equity interest um, suggests there is there is appetite for uh, sponsors, especially from the US, to be looking at potentially undervalued tech firms uh, in, in Europe. And this is a very good example of that. Um, with tech valuations being at record highs, um, sponsors are now looking at deals which might make sense. Um, because there's perhaps a depression of valuation in the public markets um, and we'll so look at companies which could potentially have be undervalued um, in the sort of public domain. Um, this company itself is a multi would be a multi-billion pound deal. Our story in fact um, rocketed the share price. Um, so it's a very interesting take and, and certainly interesting in the wider, in, in the wider trends about sort of future tech valuation, as I'm sure Mike, as I'm sure AJ will will um, will explain. Sure, and we'll come on to that in a minute. So another company you're keeping an eye on is the fintech group Banking Circle. 
Can you briefly explain what the company does and, and why that's on your radar, Amy Jo? Yes, of course. Uh, Banking Circle is a pretty exciting payments infrastructure company um, which uh, supplies cross-border payments to banks and payments companies and it also operates operates a licensed uh, credit institution and this is on our radar because um, EQT is exploring options for it they've hired banks we were reported on this and they're looking to either conduct a SPAC deal that would value it at more than five billion now in terms of valuations EQT acquired this just for 200 to 300 million euro only a couple of years ago. So again, this shows the value that investors are placing on the resilience of payments companies as we move towards a cashless society. This is on the back of some of the largest fundraisers in payments, such as Revolut in the UK, which received a 10 billion plus valuation um, after receiving an investment from SoftBank. And also the listing of WISE uh, in the UK, which was a standout a success as well. So it's an example of, um, yeah, just the amount of activity that's happening at the moment. Wow, some some pretty massive valuations there and obviously showing how much interest there is in, in the payments and fintech space. So turning away from fintech and looking at the media space, Asmodi is another French company. Can you tell us what Asmodi does and why it's of interest? Yes, Asmodi is a is a very successful um, and large gaming company in France that publishes games from Pokemon cards and Star Wars. And this has been a real uh, lockdown uh, success story. And um, they they've had a fantastic um, year in terms of revenue growth. And after that, uh, PAI, its owners, um, they've been receiving inbounds over the summer from sponsors that are looking to take it to its next level of growth. And uh, this is on the back of just more people uh, playing games um, in lockdown um, and not fueling its growth. But I think the concern from investors is just how sustainable this growth is as we return to a new normal. And I, I think people around this are waiting for more data on what, um, how its revenues might look in the future, which will determine its valuation. But um, it's an example, as Modi, of just um, at the attention that gaming companies um, are receiving at the moment. There have been um, a lot of um, deals, and I think we wrote a preview on that in the last quarter, Charlie, didn't we? We did. We did indeed. And um, yeah, as, as AJ point, rightly points out, it's been such a, a standout industry uh, the, the gaming sector, you know, a lot of to do with the fact that people don't have much else to do while being stuck inside. So it it certainly remains to be seen whether once uh, we are all finally and permanently let out of our cages, whether that will be as buoyant as it has been over the last year. Well, it will be very closely watched where I live in Leamington Spa, which is home to a lot of UK gaming companies. And finishing off with the telecoms part of TMT, There have been a lot of restructuring and asset sales in the tower space. Can you tell us about what the Norwegian company Telenor is planning to do with its newly established tower company and how that kind of structuring or or spin out is reflective of of what other players in the industry have done? 
Uh, of course. So, um, so Telenor is a very interesting one in the sense that it's <clears throat> alongside Telia, uh, the two biggest um, sort of tel telco providers in the Nordic region. And we reported on the fact that uh, they're looking for options to find a stake uh, for their tower company. Now, this is very much reflective of a, a wider trend which has gone across Europe. Um, but more specifically, it's uh, on the back of its essentially its counterpart company, Telia, doing something very similar, selling a stake in its tower company to Brookfield uh, earlier this year for a, for a very punchy multiple. So you can see uh, with, with these two in mind, uh, this is a trend which um, telco after telco is following each other, looking at how much value they can unlock by firstly sort of operationally separating out their tower companies, and then also looking for an investor who see them as long-term and important aspects of infrastructure um, and which also means for these companies they can garnish a, a, a very high valuation and monetize more than um, more than they would uh, as a sort of a whole body. Yeah and I think it's a good example of how all of those different elements of the the kind of the wider TMT sector are linked because nothing actually works without the infrastructure in place. Exactly. And um, another very good example is uh, the rollout of fiber, um, which uh, at the moment is is almost a land grab among European um, among European players, who's going to be the person to get the fiber down the ground first and be able to monopolize or at least monetize those people who want super fast broadband. And you're seeing that particularly in the UK, where the O2 Telefonica newly combined company are looking to find investors to try and accelerate the speed of, of, of rollout there. Great. Thank you. So I'd like to get some final thoughts from you on what we're likely to see in the TMT space during the end of 2021 and into 2022. I think we're going to see more P2Ps and particularly in the media space, one of the key deals was DMGT, the owner of DMGT, Rathamir, or one of the key stakeholders. Uh, taking the consumer part private and then selling off the B2B assets. I think we're going to see probably more carve-outs coming from that with its B2B assets, if that's TREP, its property tech business or land markets, um, property intelligence business. After it's selling RMS, um, its insurance business, for a record price, more than $1 billion to Moody's as well, which again shows um, appetite for um, SaaS platforms as well. There's a lot of talk about what will happen to Informa, the exhibition company, um, if they'll if private equity firms will take it private and look to break it up and uh, gain value that way by selling off the B two B assets and holding out for a return when exhibitions hopefully return to normal. And there's also talk about uh, euro money as well and whether um, that could be taken private as it looks to merge some of its crown jewel assets if it's fast markets with other uh, key competitors such as Argus Media. And there's um, also talk about like how broadcasting uh, might continue to consolidate, whether that's on a domestic level or uh, continental level, following the announcement that uh, Group M6 in France, um, that it's trying to merge with its uh, counterpart TF1. 
And that's currently being reviewed by the regulators. And if that's if that is approved in the next six to 12 months, um, then there's the question on whether um, uh, RTL will look to combine with its German uh, competitor ProSieben, uh, for example, um, or um, ITV potentially combining with Channel 4, which is undergoing privatization talks by uh, the government, its owner as well. So it's very exciting to see um, how it will all play out and we'll be keeping our ears to the ground on that. And and just to kind of follow up question, do you see that there's obviously a lot of activity within all of those subsectors within TMT, but do you see the valuations remaining high and how do they play out within, within auctions at the moment? So, so uh, certainly from conversations um, I've been having, uh, the the expectation from deal makers is that the the valuations we're seeing, especially among uh, tech and te- especially among tech, has been um, will will remain into the into the room for the remainder of the year at least. And and the impression we have is that like uh, like us, like deal makers, we're bracing for an incredibly busy period starting this month and leading all the way up till um december but but that said um it's also you know there are been certain warnings that some of these tech companies albeit um important and valuable um are being overvalued a, a good example is the sale of the healthcare software provider civica uh, by partners group which was which is meant to get uh, you know being pitched at about a 3 billion uh, valuation um it's a sale process which is stalled despite initial sponsor interest, um, from our understanding, a lot to do with the price expectations. So, we, we, you know, there has been warnings where there has been um, a bit too much, you know, a bit too much ambitious pitching of valuations. But um, but by and large, at the moment, you know, the valuations look like they're going to stay for the, for the medium term. Great. Thank you, Amy, Joe and Charlie. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Amy Jo Crowley and Charlie Taylor Kroll. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.